Bel- Belichick's lost a, he's lost a step to I'm me. I'm not going to do I, this. I'm not going to do this. This is Annex Squared. Ah, yes, it is Annex Squared, episode three, and another week to talk about the greatest sports league in the world. I'm Jason Annex, joined by my twin brother, the voice of the UFC, John Annex. No disrespect to the UFC, bro, but this league, man, captivating, bro. It's been quite a two weeks for the NFL, and thankfully they haven't canceled Annex Squared through two weeks. But <laughs> this league is absolutely wild, and I'm not sure that anything really surprises me anymore when it comes to the NFL. And, uh, you know, I certainly think when it comes to week-to-week wagering, um, there are ways in which to attack the board. But um, I don't know, man. Sometimes better to be lucky than good with some of these crazy things that are happening in these games. Well, hopefully your microphone will be more good than lucky because it's going in and out a little bit. So hopefully we'll get a better sound out of you here, kid. But anyway, dude, before we get going, man, to what the last couple of days for you, it's like I haven't seen you talk to you. What a whirlwind. I can't believe you've been in front of me. Talk to our great viewers about what the last couple of days been like for you. Well, I was just talking to our producer, Zach Phillips, before we started. And thankfully, we're hitting the board pretty well. But I haven't been able to ingest a lot of NFL footage the last two Sundays. I've been on an airplane. And we flew the red eye um, on Monday into Tuesday. We filmed something for Toyo Tires in the UFC out in Las Vegas. And uh, I just have to say, right, my job with the UFC is pretty intensive. I'm on a headset for eight hours. We like to say every time we crack a mic for the UFC, it's like calling back-to-back Super Bowls, right? But I was on a, a television set in the desert yesterday for 11 hours and not a lot was asked of me candidly in terms of my lines but dude that is a different kind of drain physically and mentally when you're not asked to do a whole lot but you're just in the desert for 11 hours sort of waiting for a cue and uh you know i have a whole new respect for models after uh what we went through but it was fun um obviously there's nothing like the fall for a sports fan uh especially here in north america and uh you know excited to get back into the nfl with you my man Well, dude, I have to just say before we get into the picks from last week, I mean, when you I couldn't get this out of my head last week when you asked us, asked me on the show, how many points are the Bills going to win by? And then I just look at them last night, just pacing themselves. I mean, Josh Allen, one ball he threw to Stefan Diggs. It's just like absolute laser, like half the football field. Just incredible to watch, man. And their defense might be better than their offense. Just incredible. Well, depending on which NFL team you work for, I think. There are some discouraging things on a week to week basis when you look at some of the quarterback play in this league and then maybe you look at the quarterback on your team and it's like, man, like my quarterback isn't close to as good as Josh Allen and never will be, you know, Um, but the Bills are an absolute juggernaut. And yes, I mean, we try not to uh, be an I told you so type of show. But last week we sort of wondered aloud, like how many times are the Bills going to punt? Right. I think their first punt of the season happened in the third quarter of this game. And we wondered aloud to you, how many points are the Buffalo Bills going to score? Right. So and seven, you saw what seven. happened when they punt, they punted the other team bubble. They got the football back. Right. But I just feel like the Bills and again, we're going to be on the Buffalo Bills again this weekend. Right. <laughs> Their ability to put a 40 burger on any team in the NFL and with Von Miller now on the other side of the football and, uh, you know, raising the level, I think, of everybody around him. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to be almost an auto play for me moving forward until uh, until they start to look more human. I'll be interested to hear your take on that game later on. So quickly, before we get into our Circa football contest picks, we're just going to talk about our head-to-head picks from the week. So just as a refresher, back in week one, I was two and three. John was three and two. Moving forward to the results of week two. And keep in mind, these lines were as of Tuesday, September 13th. I went three and two on the week. John Anik, four and one. So overall, I am sitting at five and five. John at seven and three with a two-game lead. Just to break down a couple games real quick. So we were both on the Giants, minus two and a half versus Carolina. 
that line actually closed with Carolina as a favorite. So whether it's public money coming in or, or, or sharp money, either way, the money was coming in on Carolina. We'll get to that game more, but we're both on the Giants minus two and a half. We were also both on Philadelphia minus one and a half last night versus Minnesota. So those were two wins for each of us there. My third win was Tampa minus three versus at New Orleans. We'll get into that game later. I didn't like that side by Friday, but we'll get into that. My loss is Pittsburgh plus one and a half versus New England. Baltimore minus three and a half versus Miami. We'll certainly get into that one. That was a tough beat for me against John Anik there. So three and two for me. I gave your two plays that you won with me. Do you want to talk about the other three real quick? Two wins, one loss. Yeah, Seattle plus eight and a half at San Francisco. Probably my worst play of the week. But again, we make these plays on Tuesday for better or for worse. And you're going to hear later that the New Orleans Saints ended up being a very popular play in the contest. It was one of our five, despite the fact that on Tuesday we were both pretty bullish on Tampa Bay. So sometimes things swing. Uh, but we were also on Jacksonville plus four. It ended up being the most popular play in the Circa contest. Really? And felt like the easiest play on the board come Sunday morning, quite frankly. And it cashed with ease. We had to sweat out the New York Giants, but we were able to get that one home. The Atlanta yeah. Falcons plus 10 and a half. Gotta love the fighting Arthur Smiths. 0-2, but 2-0 against the spread. Buffalo minus 9.5, obviously very easy against Tennessee. And then Philadelphia minus 1.5 against Minnesota. So happy with the 4-1 and one, uh, and happy to get the better part of the numbers on a couple of those games when we made the picks on Tuesday. So 7-3 and three, out of shoot against you head-to-head. And uh, feeling pretty good about the way we're seeing the board and some of the discipline that we're showing on Sunday morning as well. The Seattle game, plus eight and a half versus San Francisco. Last week, I, I, I alluded that to the fact that I would pick up a point on you there. Did you like that come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that pick against me? It certainly wasn't in the contest. Yeah, no. I mean, it was the game that I bet on, but obviously, uh, you know, with the quarterback situation for San Francisco, uh, Bears watching. You know, but yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't a play for me. All right, well, let's get into the meat on the bone, the super contest, the circa million four pro football contest. At some point, I'll stop saying super contest, bro. So I'm not that excited. Three and two for week two, a four and following up of four and one week one, seven and three overall. I'm probably a little happier with that than you are. I got a lot more to say about our losses than our wins this week. So we'll quickly talk about the three wins if it's okay with you, and then I'll get into some of the losses. So you already talked about the Jaguars plus four versus Indy clearly on the right side there. Indy didn't get on the board. Trevor Lawrence, man looked, he was efficient, looked poised and he and Doug Peterson, that combo to me, I, I think Doug Peterson is steering the ship in the right direction there. It's going to be interesting to see how it sort of plays out. A lot of people criticize that big money going headed Christian Kirk's way. He looked like a WR one to me yesterday. We'll see how they spin it forward, but nice win for them in division. Indy's in trouble. That was a nice hit for us there. Giants minus two. They fucking suck, man. Like we'll take it. They suck. Shout out to Graham Gano. Graham Gano. We had to sweat that one out a little bit, but Graham Gano has got a hell of a leg against his former mates. And uh, yeah. And I know I was singing Dable's praises, and I still will be, but they're they're tough to watch, man. The offensive line is shaky. Carolina was moving the ball very well, and as I said, they closed as a favorite. So a lot of people liking Carolina will take that minus two there. Um, And then our third win of the week, Eagles minus two. Fly, Eagles, fly. Jalen Hurts, the real deal. You heard me talk about it. I said he was going to be great, and he looked great. Um, The game does look like slowing down for him a little bit. The way he just sort of just handling everything he's having, he needs to run, needs to throw, got all sorts of weapons, doesn't matter who he's throwing to. That was great. Colin Cowherd, your boy, called them in his mind the best all around team in the NFC. Um, 
tons of bright, sharp NFL people that I follow are all over Minnesota. So it was nice to be on the right side there. And what I will say before we get into the losses. So those are our three wins, Jaguars, Giants, Eagles. So on the three games for you and I together, the, in our 10 head to head, the three games we've both been on have all gone in the contest and have all gone three and up. Um, so just keep that in mind. But anyway, the losses, Saints plus two and a half. So I did flip. I sold you, right, on, on going with the Saints here against my pick on Annex Squared. Brady's receivers were all banged up. No one ended up playing. Um, and they didn't score many points. But that defense, man, just like the year they won the title, that defense, that's the story. Um, they get start the season with two wins on the road at Dallas, at New Orleans. Now you got Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes coming to town. You win one of those. You're still three and one starting with Brady. But the Saints, we did take a plus two and a half. Jameis can't get it done. Not happy about that, that play. Um, so anyway, the, the main one I want to talk about, Raiders minus five and a half. So before we get to the Raiders, do you, do you have anything with your shitty audio on, on these on these first four? You know, it's so funny, right? And hopefully uh, this is something that maybe we can clean up in post and maybe it sounds better to the viewers right now. But yeah, your audio sounds absolutely terrible to me. Every time you use the letter P, it's popping off. So uh, hopefully uh, this episode isn't uh, going to end up in the trash can. But yeah, I mean, the thing is like, we could spend a lot of the time on the show discussing the Raiders and the Cardinals and how that game went down, right? But the nature of this league is such that nothing really surprises me. You know, Nick Chubb falling on the sword for the Browns. If he had taken a knee and not gone into the end zone, you know, they beat the New York Jets and they're not on the wrong side of that historically great comeback. But crazy things happen in the NFL. It seems like at least once a season, a running back takes a touchdown when they could have gotten a win for their team by actually taking a knee. Uh, but, you know, Raiders up 20 to nothing at halftime. You know, I'm not, you know, cashing my, I you know, know, I'm not getting online to cash my ticket because of the nature of this league. So, yes, I mean, I feel a lot worse at seven and three here as opposed to being eight and two in the contest through two weeks, especially when I look at all of the entries above us, you know, would have been nice to have gotten that one home. Uh, but I still feel pretty good about the handicap. And, um, you know, ultimately, Three and two every week is not going to win the contest, you know? Right. But three and two every week might just cash. So uh, four and one, three and two, and we move on to week three. So a little more on the Raiders, and I couldn't agree more with your sentiments. It's not a bad beat. Um, in my opinion, it's a bad head coach and a bad, bad quarterback. I'm not as high on Derek Carr as everybody else. There are a lot of opportunities between those two gentlemen with a 20-0 lead to find a way to, to do something. So the, the Las Vegas Aces, congratulations, WNBA champions are busy in Connecticut winning a championship and McDaniels and the Raiders just throwing up all over themselves back in Vegas. And now 0-2 going to the Titans 0-2. So you got Mike Vrabel versus Josh McDaniels. Who's not going to go 0-3? Um, just fascinating, you know, and quickly. Well documented over the last three years, any team that's gone 0-2 has not made the postseason. Now, there's an extra playoff team. Obviously, there's seven playoff teams. Look, there's the Tennessee's division may not be great, so maybe they can still do some things. But 0-3, man, that's a tough one. Raiders are right. minus 130 right now against the Tennessee Titans in week three. They're minus two on the road. So if you are on the Vegas side this weekend, you're not getting the best price, certainly relative to the opening number back in the spring. I do like the Raiders minus 130, but it was the last game out for me. I wasn't going to lay the two. And, uh, you know, I just don't necessarily know what to make of either outfit right now. But uh, I will be on the Raiders at the short money line price to not go 0-3 to begin the Josh McDaniels era. 
All right. So before we get into week three, a couple things, I know you weren't in position to maybe digest as much as this. Um, if you're not aware, Nathaniel Hackett, head coach of the Denver Broncos. Yeah. For now. I mean, no, right. Jeez. Yeah. Well put. So no disrespect. Okay. Last three years, offensive coordinator in Green Bay didn't necessarily seem to pick up too much from Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur in terms of how to lead a team. You know, I use the term hack for myself as a golfer. I mean, this guy is such a fucking hack and I don't want to disrespect the guy. So there was one sequence, right? There was a third down and short where they had to call timeout to call the play. Then they run a pitch to the tight end, which loses a couple yards. They set up for a field goal. They can't, they get the unit out there. They get a delay of game penalty. He still boots it through, but it's late delay a game. They end up punting and you just see Russ Wilson on the sideline, just like lost in Broncos country, man. It's just, it's just a disaster. So I have a couple quotes, dude, the home crowd is counting down the play clock at one point. I mean, the home crowd, it was unbelievable. So I just have, I, so Hackett's, Hackett's his name is hack I can't get enough he's got hack in his name yeah so file this there his quotes were incredible but file this under things you wouldn't want your head football coach to say okay quote I get excited (laughs) even that is enough for me I get excited I'm a little aggressive at times and then sometimes that might not be the right decision right that quote to me, I read it. It just jumped off the page. Now, I, he, he made some points about how it's their first time. They're all getting acclimated with each other. But like in the preseason, I mean, even if the guys aren't out there, like get on a headset. I mean, it's unbelievable watching them and how lost they look. They're lucky to be one and one. I, I feel like they hired this guy solely to lure Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos. And when I see Kevin O'Connell on the sideline last night, early in the game, when they're getting blown up, so poised, great energy, calm leader. And I compare him juxtaposed to Nathaniel Hackett, even a guy like Josh McDaniels. To me, there's sort of a cloth from which how you're like cut from the cloth that Leon Edwards called, but there's a cloth from which head football coaches should be cut, in my opinion, especially in this era. And this guy just doesn't look the part for me. Had to get in on that. I remember back in the day when Herman Edwards was the head coach of the New York Jets and he hired Dick Curl to manage the clock. It was like the time management coach slash assistant coach. And, you know, I think I was on sports radio in New England at the time, and maybe we had a little bit of fun with it, right, uh, compared to a guy like Bill Belichick, who is the consensus greatest coach in professional sports history. But, uh, yeah, man, it's amazing. There are 32 of these jobs in the world, right? And we talk so much about maybe NFL starting quarterback being one of the true specialist jobs in the world, one of the hardest jobs in the world, insofar as there may be only 12 really, really good ones of the 32. And uh, hasn't been a great start for Nathaniel Hackett, but the Broncos are one and one. We'll see if he and Russell Wilson can uh, get on the same page. But you can be sure if I bet on them this weekend or on that game, I'll be on the San Francisco side. But I'm not going to play it. Before we get to week three, one more thing. Did you see fucking Mike Evans come and get Tom Brady's back in that little skirmish? Did you did you catch that? Yeah, I guess he and Lattimore had a dust up back in 2017 as well. And perhaps that was part of the grounds for the one game suspension, but certainly factors into the Tampa Bay handicap this weekend. If he uh, if he doesn't win that appeal and he's suspended. Yeah, I just uh, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, anyway, moving on. Week three, circa million four pro football contest. Oh, I'm excited. I think I, I, I can already tell that you're on games that I want nothing to do with. Well, and you got to set it up, though, right? We have an entry in the Circa contest, but these are our five picks head to head, right? We will post our five picks later in the week, but those aren't decided until late Friday night, if not Saturday morning. So be careful with the setup there. Ultimately, these are our five head to head. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you've got some work to do after two weeks. 
no question about it. And I appreciate that. Our goal is to narrow down to our circuit contest. And maybe our goal is not to flip like I did with the Buccaneers this week. I'm going to begin and give you my first selection because it happens to be in the Thursday night tilt, which means if we want to play this game, we have to submit our picks on Thursday instead of Saturday, which does impact things. Certainly we know picking these games on Tuesday, a lot can change. Even these lines from tomorrow night to today have changed. Moving on, Pittsburgh plus four and a half at Cleveland Thursday night. It was five. Um, I'm hoping for a quarterback change mid-game from Trubisky to Kenny Pickett. I just, yeah. to me, the Browns, Jadevian Clowney's already been ruled out. They played a couple close games. To me, four and a half points in the division. I still love Mike Tomlin. The Patriots are, and the Steelers cannot put up points. The Pittsburgh, Gunner Olszewski, former Patriot, fumbled, which is the only reason the Patriots won that football game, putting them down on the goal line to punch it in. But I still think Pittsburgh keeps it close in the division. I'm not sure the energy for the Browns after blowing that game is going to be where it needs to be on Thursday night. So my first selection, Pittsburgh plus four and a half. Yeah, I like that side. You know, I would be looking to play Pittsburgh, potentially try to see if I could get five at some point in time. Um, And I do believe, generally speaking, philosophically, there are two different ways you can approach a rookie quarterback. I certainly feel like when you invest a high draft pick, a first round pick in a guy, he should be the starter and get as many repetitions as possible. And you can be sure that opinion dovetails with Peyton Manning's who threw a million interceptions his rookie year and then had 13 wins in his second season as a pro, you know, Mac Jones is better for having had those rep snacks net last year. Mitch Trubisky is not doing anything for Pittsburgh. I think they need yeah. to move like yesterday uh, to the rookie quarterback. Um, first play for me is going to be the Ravens minus three at new England. I think that price maybe is going to steer some people off. You know, you and I historically have been pretty good at handicapping our own football team. You know, I had the, ability or the uh you know the self-control to lay off of the pittsburgh side last week you know i did end up liking new england in that game i don't like the patriots this week i don't think their offense is going to be able to keep up you know obviously our unabashed love for lamar jackson hits these airwaves every week he's playing like a most valuable player and uh i like the ravens certainly to you know outscore new england and uh i think they do it by four more baltimore minus three at new england Cracks my five for week three. Yeah, that'll be in the five. That's one of my selections, not to surprise you. You know, last week when I played Pittsburgh against New England and I said this, I'm okay losing that one to you. That was an emotional hedge. Gun to my head, I, I would have gone with New England in that game. But I, but I left Pittsburgh in our five, maybe because of Tuesday. But either way, this is not an emotional hedge. Baltimore minus three all day. I had the same thing in my notes. New England can't keep up on offense. Tom E. Kern, this is the third straight week I'm going to mention his name, but he just talks about like a C-minus arm for Mac Jones and just not being able to make a lot of these throws, and that's to your point, you know? I have to say, nationally, it seems as though Mac Jones is far more revered than he is locally. Yes. And we said on our pilot episode that he hasn't passed the eye test for us. And the local guys. The way the ball comes out of Trevor Lawrence's hand compared to Mac, I got to stop. We got to move on. All right. Too much Mac. But Jones, just real, but just real quick in terms of the Ravens, they took their foot off the gas. Stop guarded. Stop stopped guarding Tyreek Hill. I would love to be a fly in the wall in that clubhouse locker room this week and just hear John Harbaugh. Anyway, I don't I don't care where the football game is. I don't see the Patriots home opener. I just I don't see any way they win this football game. Gotta lay the points there. Not an emotional head. Baltimore. That's a crazy statement, though. Look what just came out of your mouth, right? I don't see any way that the Bill Belichick coach New England Patriots win their home opener. Like you sound silly when you say something like that. 
you know, because that they certainly have a good chance to win the game. Now, Ravens, one of my best bets this week, like right. I like the Ravens. I think they might get to 30, but to be so dismissive of their chances to me sounds a little bit. Ignorant. That's all. Well, but, but, you With know, you, but you thought the bills were going to win by 40 last night and they did. So even that line at 10 for Tennessee, right. To you, you know, all day long, lay that 10. My point to you is that the if the Patriots had lost last week, what do you think the line is? If the Ravens hadn't blown the league, the lead, what do you think the line is? That's fine. But that's different than saying, I don't see any way that, you know, I mean, there are a lot of ways they can win. Look at this league. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, look at the way they won that football yeah, game. So week, I so. can't envision any way yeah. because I'm right. fading the Patriots hard. Anyway. And you should have a huge bet on Pittsburgh minus 160 right now as it stands. Because that's Baltimore, not you mean? Price. Baltimore? Excuse me. Yeah, wake Baltimore up, San Francisco. You want to give your second selection? Yeah, I'll go Panthers plus three, home to the New Orleans Saints. Underdog 12 and four in the last 16 games in the series. Carolina's been in both of their games. Now, they haven't necessarily faced elite NFL competition, or at least what we think is elite NFL competition. But the Carolina Panthers, first team in NFL history to be on the wrong side of back-to-back field goals in the fourth quarter of 56 yards (laughs) or more. I think Carolina might win this game. Um, You know, I still need to see it to believe it on the New Orleans side. You know, just sloppy with the football, and uh, they're not 100%. So uh, I'm going to go with Carolina plus three, and I think I might have a little bit of a money line sprinkle as well. Carolina plus three, home to New Orleans in week three. My third selection, the New York football Jets plus five versus Cincinnati. So this is the spot last year in the survivor that we got burned Cincinnati at the Jets, very similar to how the Jets came back and won at Cleveland this past weekend. It was like 31, almost identical. Cincinnati in our survivor bet last year had, I think an 11 point lead very late and blew it. But I like the New York Jets. I love Robert Sala. I think you called him Sala, by the way, pronunciation last week. It's Sala. But he, you know, he said all the Jets reporters, he said he's taking receipts on everyone talking shit. They found a way to win a game. Cincinnati absolutely cannot protect Joe Burrow. They invested some money in the offensive line. He's getting crushed every play. So to me, I just see the game being close. The Jets have a lot of playmakers on both sides of the ball. I like the five points. Let's go Jets. All right, next play for me, the Buffalo Bills minus five and a half at the Miami Dolphins. Now, certainly I'm not getting a great price on this. It was four and a half before they played on Monday night against Tennessee in week two. Dolphins lead the all-time series 61 to 54 with one tie, but the Bills have won seven straight. Josh Allen owns Miami, and I'm just trying to not sort of overcomplicate the handicap. Certainly it stands to reason that this could be a, a close game. I love the way Miami is playing and just, you know, how emotionally invested they all appear to be. Um, But again, I just don't think that that defense is going to be able to stop Josh Allen and the Buffalo bills. And uh, you know, I think Buffalo gets to 35 again, and um, I don't think Miami's going to get there. So, uh, you know, somewhat of a cover my eyes selection because it's a huge (laughs) number on the road and a divisional game, but um, bills minus five and a half to hand the dolphins their first loss of the year. Yeah, it is interesting when a line goes from four and a half to five and a half because it looks like a different number. And when I get into my fourth selection, the number almost the number flip flopping overnight almost steered me off of it. In terms of the Buffalo Bills, though, coming down here to Miami, does the weather is that irrelevant to you? We certainly thought it was have an impact on the Patriots week one, whether it did or not. I mean, do, do the Bills coming down here? Does that mean anything to you? It's real heat down here, that humidity. Well, and I know a lot of people are going to factor it into the Tampa Bay Green Bay handicap this weekend 
I don't know. I mean, I certainly think that, you know, later in September, it gets a little bit cooler, but uh, no, I don't, I don't know. I divisionally, I think Buffalo, they play down here every year. I, 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 don't, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I'd try and steer you off of that one. So my fourth selection, four o'clock game, Arizona Cardinals plus four versus the LA. Excuse me. It's now three and a half. See, this is the game, right? When I see the Rams minus three and a half at Arizona, I almost like the Rams, even though I'm on Arizona here. So I'm on Arizona plus three and a half to me. I got to think there's got to be a little momentum. They had to make so many crucial plays down the stretch. I mean, at one yeah. point on a, on a, on a two point conversion, you know, to, to set, to tie the game, you know, they get a delay a game. Kyler Murray throws his hands up. Ah, fuck whatever. We'll get seven yards here, but just, just incredible watching that, that team sort of come back. And I think that all the circumstances surrounding that have them play a very tough division game at home, fresh in their mind, their last two games against the Rams, they lost both in December last year and in the postseason. I think they want some revenge. I probably like the Rams to win the game, but I think it's going to be a good close game. I don't think the Cardinals are going to get blown out early like they did last week. So give me Arizona plus three and a half. All right. Fourth selection for me in week three of the NFL Jaguars plus seven at the Los Angeles Chargers Jacksonville. Owen five against the spread their last five games on the road. I really like Trevor Lawrence. I really like the backfield. I certainly like the synergy between head coach and quarterback, as you sort of alluded to earlier in the episode and the Justin Herbert injury to me looms large. I think anybody who's had any sort of rib injury isn't going to want to be betting on the Chargers, especially in any early week scenario. We'll see how it goes. I do expect Herbert to play. He is getting extra time to rest, right? But I had torn rib cartilage that was an absolute nightmare to heal from. Upper rib injuries can be very difficult, and they can take forever to heal. His doesn't necessarily appear to be an upper rib injury, but there is a fracture. I know they can shoot him up with the best stuff money can buy, um, but to me, given what I've seen from this plucky Jacksonville outfit early on, given the Herbert injury, I'm going to take Jacksonville plus seven. And uh, I don't think they went out right, but I think they keep it close. How about your torn rib cartilage? Courtesy of uh, Double Champ, right? Right? UFC Hall of Famer Daniel Cormier gave you a little back squeeze, crack your ribs. How fucking soft are you to get fucking torn cartilage in your rib from a back squeeze? I mean, I know he's a big boy, but anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, guilty as charged. Grape soft. By the way, your mic's getting a little better, buddy. So Zach must be working some magic. All right, dude. My final selection, Monday night, Dallas, plus two and a half at oh. the Giants. Um, oh, I hope you're going the other way. Um, dude, the Giants, they, they suck. And, and Daniel Jones, every time he has the ball in his hands, if, if I freak out. I like Cooper Ruff. He ha- Cooper Rush, excuse me, he has a little juice. I, I like what he saw. And Micah Parsons, to me, defensive player, jumps off the screen as much as any defensive player I've seen ever, literally. Um, so I just like the team better. I think the Giants come back to earth here. Yes, they're at home. I'm not a big believer in Dallas long term, but for some reason, they seemed galvanized without Dak. Some of these quarterbacks, I think, alienate themselves some way. Dak, Russell Wilson, I don't always see mm. the sort of juice around. Go ahead. I would No, I wouldn't put Dak in that, at least from my observations. I certainly wouldn't put Dak in that conversation with Russell Wilson, but certainly Cooper Rush to me, Plus seven, plus 265 last week. I mean, all day long, Dallas against <laughs> Cincinnati last week. So, um, yeah, I can understand why you see some value on Dallas, but uh, at least for me, forced to choose right now, uh, that's not a game I'm looking at. Yeah, well, you know, and it's interesting. I leaned on Jacksonville, but I didn't want to. There are certain teams that I'm not trying to go against. I, I don't want to. The Chargers are my Super Bowl 
pick, you know? Yeah. So if they play a complete, complete football game, they should be able to handle the Jaguars, but that's, what's great about this league. You can do any, as much analytical detailed research as you want, but after two weeks, and I see analytical research where they're going back to things that happened even like last year. And I know you bring up series history with different teams, but a lot of stuff you can throw away. I mean, are people cashing tickets on the Arizona Cardinals last week? Certainly. No, I think that's fair. And it's always interesting to hear some of the reaction early in the season. And I happened to be driving home from the airport today. So I heard a lot of the overreaction today and I heard something to the effect of, you know, the Kansas city chiefs and the Buffalo bills are tier one. And then everybody else is like levels below that. And I do see the chargers as in that top tier. I think in a lot of respects, they outplayed Kansas city last Thursday night, but the Herbert injury potentially brings them into a second tier. But I agree. I see the chargers as a lead and, uh, I just didn't like the board in week three. Like I sat here last week and I told you I love the board in week two. And my account online certainly reflects that, <laughs> right? But I don't necessarily love it in week three. My final pick is going to be the Buccaneers laying the short two home against the Green Bay Packers. This isn't necessarily anything to do with Florida or Green Bay Common East or anything like that. Tampa Bay is obviously banged up, right? They signed Cole Beasley to the practice squad today. So that's not ideal. Um, but Brady still looks really good, man. And that's a short price at home. That is a definite home field advantage. Mike Evans doesn't play. That potentially looms large. I'd like Leonard Fournette publicly apologizing to the fantasy football owners out there. He's going to try to get going. I love Fournette. I do think the defense, it stands to reason, is going to be the unit that carries Tampa Bay this year. Buccaneers minus two home to the Packers to close out my five. Very interesting. I'm a little surprised to see you on Brady there over Rodgers. And but that line could certainly become a pick em. I'm not sure I like that line there at all. Um, I also feel like you might look up and see Rogers and Brady both at two and one. You know what I mean? I, sometimes I do think, I know that's not analytical in any way. Um, but Brady going to go three and Rogers going to go one and two. I, I don't, I still think green Bay hasn't fully put it together, Yeah, but we will see. Um, so anything else from you, John Anik, before we get out of here in week three? No, I mean, that's it. You know, I would strongly encourage people to try to delay placing your straight wagers on NFL games unless you absolutely love a price you know as information sifts through right we do this podcast without the benefit of the injury report and certainly there are times where we let too much noise in and perhaps we heard all of these sharps talk about New Orleans and that probably shouldn't have been in our five when we felt pretty convictedly early in the week that Tampa Bay was going to find a way to win that football game, you know? So um, tune out the noise as best you can. Stay convicted. Trust your betting instincts and uh, wait for that injury report before you make your selections. We appreciate y'all watching us on the Hammer Betting Network. Network. You can find it at thehammer.bet, thehammer.bet for our great producer, Zach Phillips, and my brother, John Anik. Jason Anik signing off on Anik Squared. Keep it coming. Appreciate you.